Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. Here for the next hour, taking you into 8 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every single weekday, you can catch the show live at 7 p.m. Eastern, or you can listen anytime you want on demand. Search podcast, look for Scout Fantasy Sports, and you will find us. You can also find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. And if you enter the promo code RONUS70, you get 70% off your first month, whether you want to do season long or NBA DFS or NFL DFS, that promo code has you covered. And Today, my Stockwatch article is out. Basically, players on the rise, players that are falling, and a couple of players that could be on championship teams. So if your trade deadline is still active, and I know there are numerous leagues where you can still trade. I have a couple that have passed. I think I have one where the trade deadline, I believe, is tomorrow. So I know there's still a few active. These are players that you can potentially acquire now in get ready and have their big finish on your roster uh, also some players that there's definitely concern about so you want to check that out dr auto has his week 11 waiver wire wednesday obviously a lot of leagues run the waiver wire tonight especially the high stakes leagues including the fantasy football world championship so uh, make sure you get in those bids by 9 p.m eastern of course our week 11 projections are up from sean childs who's going to join me today he'll be joining me in the next segment for the final two segments as we'll talk some players with him and Maybe some of the player projections that stand out from this week that might be uh, a little different from the ordinary, so we can break that down with him. And Dr. Otto's podcast is also available on the website. And if you have any questions, you can always ask them on the message boards and the forums, and we will answer them at all times of the day. Uh, myself, Sean Childs, and Dr. Otto all there to help you guys out. Of course, Scout DFS as well, uh, NHL. I know those guys are good. I don't play NHL DFS, but I know they're good. There's an optimizer there for that as well. NBA DFS, which I play a lot. And again, it's very important to you know help that optimizer uh, utilize your tools. Uh, so, for example, last night it was only a three-game slate. So I played, and uh, the optimizer was giving out uh, Jonas Jarepko from Golden State. And, man, he absolutely crushed 36.75 DraftKings points at a salary of 3300 you get that in your lineup. It just opens up so much else. So a uh, very successful night cashing there. And, again, you could check it out now, NBA DFS, scoutdfs.com. I'm telling you guys, it's, it's really worth it, and you're going to win the money for sure. So uh, good night last night as I cashed, uh, you know, with the Golden State, you know, going back to Quinn Cook, uh, who was coming off a bad game. Sexton for Cleveland had a big game. Uh, so, uh, and Clint Capella really coming through. So you could check it out, uh, the write-ups and the optimizer, which updates 
immediately. Anytime there's news, uh, there was news tonight uh, with Toronto, and it reflected immediately if you hit refresh. So uh, make sure you check it out. And, of course, NFL DFS powered by the RDA pro- uh, projections. And last week, the optimal lineup was fired. David Johnson was on there, Michael Thomas, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and Janu Smith. Janu Smith at 2,500, and he scored a touchdown. So, you know, you get that touchdown out of the tight end at that price, uh, you hit a home run, and it just opens a lot of things up. So, again, plenty of ways to make money here at ScoutFantasySports.com as well as VegasWhispers.com as uh, if you, uh, you know, want some uh, sports betting tips, they got you covered. I mean, they've been crushing it, especially in college football and, and NFL as well. But, uh, you know, pretty transparent there as uh, they'll let you know. Uh, there was a loss last night. There was one bet. It was an overtime game on uh, college basketball, and it went to overtime. That sucks. Whenever you got the under and a game goes to overtime, not good. But overall, uh, over the last 17 days, 48-23, just slightly under 70%. And the last six days, 14-7. and seven. So, again, you have that percentage in sports betting you're going to make money. So these guys are really good. So check it out, VegasWhispers.com for all your sports betting needs. Uh, Plenty of ways to make money over here, and I want you guys to benefit from it. So make sure you take advantage of it ASAP. Let's take a look at some of the top stories going around in the NFL right now. Chris Carson was removed from the injury report. The Seahawks play the Packers tomorrow night, Thursday night football. So... Here's the thing. It gets really dicey right now with these Seattle running backs because this is a team that you want to have some action among these running backs because Seattle is running the football a ton. They are the most run-heavy team in the NFL. So when they have Chris Carson starting, you know, you usually feel good about putting him out there based on what we've seen this year because you know he's going to get a heavy workload. Last week, you know, it was easy to go to Mike Davis, and some might have used Rashad Penny. I actually did in my season-long 14-team league. Obviously, with bye week issues and, you know, 14 teams is tough. I saw once Carson was out, all right, I'm going to put Penny in there, figuring he would get 10 to 12 carries, and he didn't. He came through. Uh, Carson, though, when he's been active, for the most part, has gotten big workloads. Uh, we saw a game this year with 32 carries, week 8, 25 carries, uh, week 5, 19 uh, there was one sandwich in there against Oakland. He only had 14 carries. That game was a blowout, though, so they kind of went to the Davis and Penny a little bit later on. This week, trying to figure it out is going to be tough. I'm going to roll with Carson in most leagues. i got to think that he's healthy and good to go. It's a short week. If there was any risk, I don't think they would bring him back. But I guess the concern is if he doesn't look 100% or gets off to a sluggish start, then they can just pivot away. My guess is Mike Davis is still the backup as of right now. As good as Penny looked last week, there were some confident, uh, com- comments from the Seahawks offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, who basically said that Penny is still struggling to pick up the offense. And, you know, he's still having tough times uh, where they think he's not listening in meetings. And that was something that was on the record. So obviously he looked good, 108 yards and a touchdown last week. So my guess is. Uh, Penny is probably the third running back. Could he be the second? Yes, but we don't know, and we're going to have to wait and figure that out tomorrow. So that's why I feel best about Carson, but it definitely is a dicey situation there with this backfield right now. But I do have Carson in a couple leagues where I'm going to use him. 
I have Carson and Davis on the same team. I'm going to roll with Carson. I'm not playing Davis. I have Davis in another league where I'm not going to use him. But, again, in a deeper format, uh, especially in the high-stakes league, six teams on by, we have the extra flex spot, you could roll with Mike Davis if you have to. Not the ideal start, but I feel best about Carson. We've just seen it this year. They have been giving him the big workload when he has been healthy, even though uh, we have seen positive things from the other two guys. You know, Carson's four and a half yards per carry this season. Not involved in the passing game, though, a lot. Just eight receptions on the season. So uh, you can see Mike Davis come into play there, and that's why he still might get a slight edge. In the same game, Randall Cobb has been ruled out. He's still dealing with that hamstring injury, and he didn't even travel with the team. So second straight game he's going to miss after missing several with the hamstring injury earlier. And we've mentioned this many times, guys with hamstring injuries, if you come back too early, it, you could suffer a setback and then miss an extended period of time. And uh, that's what's happening with Randall Cobb right now. So in, in shallow formats, you can cut him. 12-team uh, league, 16 roster spots, you don't have an IR spot, you can cut him. I have him in a league with 20 roster spots. The waiver wire is brutal, man. I was going through the waiver wire in most leagues with 20 roster spots this week, it's not good. There's just not a lot out there. I'm even in a league with 18 roster spots. There's some decent guys out there, but I could use a starter this week, and there's really no one out there that I feel like spending for. So to me, this is a pretty thin week. It's a week where you're looking for your handcuffs and you're getting ready for the playoff run. If you are in, or if you already have a playoff spot sewed up or you're close to it, there's still a lot of teams that are four and six, five and five, six and four that are battling for the playoff spot and have to focus more on a win this week. But if you're fortunate enough to be seven, three, eight and two, nine and one, you can look to get some of your handcuffs if you haven't already. But uh, obviously, Marquez Valdez Scantling gets the boost here. Maybe Jimmy Graham finally does something against his uh, former team. We know that tight end has been very tough this year, and uh, Jimmy Graham's had some down games. But Valdez Scantling. Uh, at least uh, six targets in four of the last five games. Last week, six for 44. The week before, three for 101. So you can get him in there in a PPR format. We still don't know about the Ravens quarterback situation, and it's just going to make it really tough for the waiver wire tonight. Joe Flacco did not practice today, although John Harbaugh, the coach for the Ravens, has said that Flacco doesn't need to practice to play. It definitely sounds like he is not going to play this week. Now the question is, who will the quarterback believe? You know, some people believe that it's going to be Robert Griffin III. You know, and he did look good in the preseason. Now Lamar Jackson struggled a little bit, but we know what Lamar Jackson can do on the ground and what that means for fantasy. So as I mentioned on yesterday's show, I picked up Lamar Jackson in several leagues over the weekend, including a super flex league where I have Baker Mayfield on by. So I really need Lamar Jackson to start this week or I'm going to have to go with a position player. So we might not know until the end of the week. I would add Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't go crazy and spend a ton of money unless you're really desperate at quarterback. And most teams aren't, but there there could be a few. You know, I have a couple leagues where I have Stafford and someone else, and I just don't feel good about Stafford right now. So I picked up Mariota last week. Uh, I have another league where I picked up Lamar Jackson where I have Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Cousins has a difficult matchup this week against the Bears. So I think it all depends on your situation. I think I had a question on the Scout Fantasy message board last week that was Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. I said, you don't really need to do that because Lamar Jackson is what you want Cam Newton to be now. So you don't need to do it in that situation. I mean, if you have the extra roster spot and you want to keep them away from a, an opponent, I get it, but you really have to focus on your team first. So 
It really comes down to each individual situation. James Conner was a full participant in practice today. Uh, Conner didn't reveal if he had a concussion or not. We know he was in concussion protocol, so obviously he gets a big boost with Le'Veon Bell not reporting. Again, add Jalen Samuels off the waiver wire tonight, whether you're a Conner owner or not. I mean, especially if you're a Conner owner, uh, we did see Samuels score a touchdown last week, and you definitely want to handcuff the situation. And in Yahoo, he actually has eligibility at tight end. Can you imagine? Connor went down, you have Jalen Samuels, and you plug him in at tight end. Wow, what an advantage you would have over opponents. So uh, definitely, uh, we've seen that before with Yahoo. I remember Marcus Colston, when he was a rookie, was tight end eligible, had him in there, and that was definitely fun. And especially this year with the discrepancy at tight end, man, that would be ridiculous. Uh, Marvin Lewis said today he hopes to have A.J. Green back for Sunday's game. This could have been a little sportsmanship here because they're on the other side, the Ravens are not revealing their quarterback because all reports indicate that A.J. Green was going to miss a couple games. He didn't practice today, so it would be stunning. Obviously, the Bengals are fighting for a postseason spot, and they're actually the sixth seed right now. And obviously, they're 5-4, and four, Ravens 4-5, four and five, so it's a big game. I doubt that green plays i'm crossing my fingers and hoping he plays since i do have him in many leagues but just interesting to take note of what uh marvin lewis said today but again when coaches say things you cannot believe everything they say they'll just throw stuff out and especially in the aftermath of uh the comments from harbar today about the situation there at quarterback uh i think that's probably what we're seeing here so i'm hoping i'm hoping that we can see him play, but uh, I really wouldn't count on it at this point. Uh, also, Marvin Jones didn't practice today, so that's not good. Uh, he missed the final quarter of the game last week against the Bears with a bone bruise on his right knee. Detroit also has to come back and play Thanksgiving, so does that play a part? Do they rest him? Either way, I'm not really feeling great about Marvin Jones. My guess is he doesn't play. I have him on a couple leagues, so I'm being prepared to be without him. That opens things up for Kenny Galladay a lot. I know the Lions offense has just struggled right now, especially with uh, Al Golden Tate. That safety blanket has been taken away. But we saw Galladay get a huge target share last week, 13 targets. I know a lot of them came late in the game, but that could be a similar situation this week with Detroit playing from behind against Carolina. Galladay had 6 for 78 and a touchdown last week, so good for him. Stephon Diggs is practicing in full so he will be back thank goodness we know that because that game is sunday night you want to you didn't want to have to wait for him so he had enough time with the bye week and missing the game before the bye to rest those ribs so he'll be good to go the bears really are stingier against the run they give up some production in the passing game so uh, you're going to get digs in there jamison crowder did not practice today it looks like he's going to miss another game as Gruden said that the ankle is just not progressing for Crowder, so Maurice Harris will continue to see time in the slot and is someone that you can use, again, not a high ceiling in a passing game that just is not going to pass that much. Chris Thompson also, according to Gruden, good chance he does not play in Week 11, so he didn't practice today, so you'll see Capri Bibbs in there again, but Bibbs just doesn't do much. Uh, He has such a low floor, especially if they're playing from behind, so... They are underdogs this week at home, though, against the Texans. Taewon Taylor did not practice today for the Titans, so that would open up more targets for Corey Davis, who's already emerging, and Jonu Smith, who has scored in consecutive weeks. He's sitting on the wave wire in a lot of leagues, so if you need some help at tight end, 
Jonu Smith is in play. Dog Baldwin said he's over his knee issues. He said it's been a long time since he felt like himself, and he woke up in the morning last week with no pain, and he looks good on the field. It's just we're not seeing the targets. And I know we're getting a lot of questions regarding Baldwin. People are just kind of scared to start him right now. The, the Seahawks don't pass the ball, even though Russell Wilson has come through for fantasy. I mean, his passing attempts have been in the 20s, and he somehow found a way to get the ball in the end zone. Hey, but look, Baldwin's been get 5 for 39 last week, 4 for 77 the week before. No touchdowns, though. No touchdowns on the season. So definitely not as appealing and not PPR, but he's going to come through with a touchdown one of these games. Ronald Jones returned to a limited practice. Obviously, he's not going to get much work on the ground. Chris Godwin didn't practice today uh, with an ankle issue. I didn't see him get hurt last week. Maybe this is just a, a day to give him a rest. Obviously, a lot of the other receivers are running more routes than him, but it's a pass-heavy offense that can't run the football, so Godwin's always in the mix. Jordy Nelson, there were some reports that he was going to retire, but apparently that hasn't happened yet, although he could miss this week as the Raiders are really banged up. And Deonta Foreman was activated from the pup list, so it opens a 21-day window for him to return. So by the time he comes back, I don't know if you're going to want to get him in there for the fantasy playoffs. But in deeper formats, maybe you stash him. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Sean Childs from Scout Fantasy Sports as we look at a week 11 here on Scout Fantasy Sports. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern, of course. Check us out, ScoutFantasySports.com. Got my Week 11 stock watch up, looking at players rising and players falling. The Week 11 waiver wire Wednesday from Dr. Otto, as well as his podcast, and the Week 11 projections from Sean Childs are up, of course. Ask questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Scout DFS, where we have you covered for NFL, NHL, and NBA and VegasWhispers.com for all your sports betting needs. Time now to bring in Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. Sean, what's up? Not much. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you uh, looking heading into week 11 already of the fantasy football season? Uh, for the season long, with the stuff that I affiliate with Kimra, if it ended today, I think 34 out of 40 teams would make the playoffs. So... And a lot of those are high-end leagues, so so far so good. Even though I lost Cooper Cup on fourteen uh, tw- fourteen high-stake leagues. Oh, that that's it, fourteen. I thought you would have had him in more, but yeah, I have him in about half my leagues too. So that that was a crippling blow uh, seeing him go down over the weekend. Yeah, no, I, I probably have him in the smaller, smaller, smaller leagues, maybe another ten. But um, you know, I was lucky. I picked up uh, Anthony Miller and um, the 
uh, Valdez Scanling guy from Green Bay along the way. So I probably have 10 or 12 spots that I have those guys. And plus I drafted Ridley, who is somewhat of a cover because he was drafted as a wire, the fourth wide receiver on my team a lot. So it didn't kill me as much as I, you know, you would think. But, uh, you know, it would been nice to have Cooper Cup a part of that uh, Rams offense going forward. Definitely. Uh, speaking of Anthony Miller, you know, he's a player that I really liked in the preseason, and then he had that shoulder injury, but he's been coming on at least six targets in four straight games, coming off his best game of the year. It's actually, though, the first time this year he's top 50 yards, but we've been seeing that Bears offense be more aggressive and take shots downfield. Is Miller someone that you can start every week, or is this kind of a, a, a matchup dependent for him going forward? Yeah, I think if the matchup dictates where they're going to play from the lead and, and run the ball a decent, you know, but there is, it's been pretty easy to tell, uh, you know, last couple of weeks, you know, that Chicago, you know, they went to Buffalo, looked like a game they were going to win, and, you know, Buffalo wasn't going to put much of an offense, so they're probably going to keep the ball on the ground. But, you know, last week, you know, Lions, you know, they have a history against them, and it seemed like they would, you know, throw the ball a little bit more. So, but, you know, it was tough to identify, you know, uh, Miller as a play in the daily games, but, you know, he was definitely playable in the, in the season long where, you know, he's trending in the right direction. He slides up in the slot a lot. Gabriel was a little banged up, and he's kind of losing some uh, chances. So it's pretty interesting, you know, just the Chicago offense has been pretty explosive at times. And I think Trubisky's won the million-dollar maker three times in ten weeks. So there's a lot to like in Chicago this year. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I wrote about him today. Have you been? Have you used him at all in uh, DFS yet this year? I used him here or there. I haven't had the the piece in the right you know times. I, I the team that I had this week, I had you know I thought Cohen would bounce back, and I used Burton. And I, you know if I would have thrown two in, I would have gone the other way. You know with Robinson coming off an injury, I wasn't on. You know he was going to face Slay and stuff like that. You didn't expect that explosive of a game, but he was priced right. You know he was you know five thousand dollars, and he scored thirty something points. So you know those that's how you win that stuff is find the value at where I receiver, and he was one of them along with Miller. Yeah, and Russell Wilson popped up in the optimizer last week as well. And how do you project this guy? Because it's 26 pass attempts or fewer in six of his last seven games, but he keeps throwing touchdowns. But he's starting to run more, though, 92 rushing yards last week. You know, you look at it every week. Like, how do you predict this guy with such little volume? Yeah, it just it comes out by the matchups, and you can you know you know that based on how he was going, he's getting two or three touchdowns a week. Last week it looked like a, a matchup where he was going to probably get three touchdowns because he's going to be chasing, and you could see some of the games where they've they've run the ball a lot, but he's had chances to run and he hasn't taken them like in the past, and like you know maybe didn't want to, and you you just figured in this game he was going to run more, so. His projections, you know, fell a couple points short, but if he makes one one or two more completions on that last drive, he probably hits on the number exactly. Um, but, you know, he's he's a talented uh, quarterback. He's just uh, – his receivers, you know, aren't part of the game. They're running the ball a lot better than they have in the past. And, you know, if, if they fall behind, he, he still has the talent to deliver big games because he adds the value with his running ability. Aaron Jones finally emerging. Had a big game last week. I think everyone has been waiting for this. It's taken McCarthy the longest to see it, but can we finally lock in Aaron Jones with confidence going forward? Yeah, I mean, getting rid of the third third wheel in that running back situation, I think helped out. So Ty, you know, being you know running that kickoff back in the, out of the Rams game and uh, getting traded to uh, 
the Ravens might end up having both play- players going for. But, you know, last week we saw – I actually did the projections for them last week, and he was sitting around 13 points. But when I did the research against his match against Miami, I'm like, this guy's going to get 100 yards for sure and score a touchdown. So he was, you know, instantly up to, you know, 21 points, and it looked like it was a, you know, good matchup where he might hit on a long run, which he did. So pretty exciting what he can bring to the game, and it'll help uh, Aaron Rodgers and that offense be a little more productive in scoring and especially moving in when the weather gets colder. So he's, you know, he's definitely the better player. Kind of interesting that everybody was drafting Williams early. And when I did the research in back in June or July or, or whenever I did it, I mean, I had him as, you know, the early down back with Montgomery to be the pass catcher, but it didn't work out that way, at least in the pass catching side. But he, he's the player to own at running back going forward in Green Bay. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him scoutfantasysports.com. You know, I get a lot of questions on Doug Baldwin, and it, it's always kind of difficult trying to figure out what to do with him. He said he finally feels healthy. He woke up last week with no pain. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. And as we mentioned with Seattle, it's just not a pass-heavy offense. So you look at the targets the last couple weeks, four and five. He's been okay in PPR, but are there better days ahead for Doug Baldwin? I'm not too confident. I mean, he's just, you know, one – one hit away from doing something. He's, you know, like you said, you know, he's, what is their, their, their passing production down about one third because of the number of chances they don't need to, they, they don't need to pass the ball. He hasn't been getting open in close in a red zone and they've been had success scoring, you know, rushing touchdowns and stuff like that. So I, I know I, I don't get too excited about playing when I see him, whenever he asks, I, I want to, you know, not put him in uh, the starting lineup if I can, but I don't own him anywhere and I'm kind of biased probably because I thought he would, you know, underachieve after he had his in early season injury and he was off my draft list. So, you know, if the game matchup, you know, went the right direction and he got, you know, 10 targets, sure, he can probably score a touchdown and have a decent game. But, you know, his injury history, you know, kind of is tough for me to play him, and, you know, if I had him. You know, tight end is tough every week. Like, if you have a decent tight end, you got to play him. Uh, Jimmy Graham owners, though, have been – Kind of frustrated, two of the last three games. He's had one reception in two of the last three games, only one target last week. He has one touchdown since week four. Do you just – I know it depends on what else you have, but is he still a tight end one, and you just got to hope that he gets a touchdown on a given week? I think last week when I did the projections for him, I was like, he was still projected to get about 860 yards. and like, oh, that's not bad for a tight end, 60-something catches, you know, 860 yards, you know, he'll probably, if he get a few more touchdowns, maybe four in the second half, that's that's pretty, you know, that's a top 10 tight end. And, and if you knew that on draft day, you'd probably take it. But when you're seeing some, you know, Ebron scoring three touchdowns and some other players doing well, and he's getting these short games, it's kind of frustrating. But, you know, um, I, you know I, I have Ebron on one team, and he's on the field this week, last week, 27 plays and, and scoring a lot of points. and But, Graham's on there all the time. You think you should play him, but you know it's it's very very frustrating. But I think you just got to ride him out because the tight ends overall are that deep. Unless you have a good second one, you bring up Ebron, and he's a very interesting discussion because, as you said, he has not been playing a lot of snaps, especially when Doyle is healthy. But even when Doyle's been on the field, he's still scoring. They're using him in the slot. We know Andrew Luck loves to target the tight ends near the goal line. And, you know, people are going to say, well, he can't continue to score if he's not on the field much, but yet he's doing it every week. He's got nine touchdowns. He's scored in every game this year except two. If you have Ebron, did you just continue to throw him out there and hope this trend continues? Uh, I made the mistake. I probably have him a lot of teams, and I probably sat him on too many teams last week, and I, I had a, 
uh, a Doyle and Ebron team. And I, based on the number of snaps the week before and the way it finished, I went the wrong direction and I lost out by about 20 points. I have a Jimmy Graham, Ebron team, you know, playing time, you know, did the research and, you know, the playing time worked out is just the game flow and stuff like that. Didn't. So I think at this point, you know, you're going to have some short games, maybe four for 40, three, three for 30, but he is going to score a touchdown once in a while. And I think he just, he's pr- proved he's a solid top 10 tight end. And he's and luck loves to throw to the tight end in the red zone. He's thrown even to the third tight end. So you just got to ride him out and, and take the touchdowns of the bonus. And he is what he is. And he's just, uh, you know, probably the top scoring threat for Indy for passing in the red zone. I, you know, there's not really, Hilton's not going to do it. And, and Doyle will get some, but he's not really that big of a threat. When you look back on those decisions and, you know, you said you did the research and everything pointed you to sitting Ebron, do you look back and kick yourself or do you say, you know what, I did everything that was right, I thought it was the right decision, it just didn't work out? Yeah, I mean, in that situation, you know, you, you, I, Jimmy Graham thing, everybody's frustrated. I, I think I should have st- stuck with Ebron. And I just didn't, and I was being stubborn. But I think going forward, if I have that decision, I'm just going to take the guy that can score the touchdown because it's, it's he's more valuable until Graham shows something or he has a matchup where he's going to start getting more targets. I mean, he, he's going to do something. But I actually had a you know a decision where I had in a double flex league where I had Anthony Miller, who I thought you know three or four catches for 50 yards, and Ebron, and I played Ebron over him. Well, both players were right, but I I probably you know made the right decision, but. The other guy had a great game as well, so now both players are playable. Yeah, that's always a good situation to have when you have a bevy of options there of guys that are coming through and playing well. Talking to Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. Seattle's running back situation looks like it's going to be a headache. Uh, I mean, we've seen when Chris Carson's healthy, they give him a big workload. So you would think with him playing tomorrow that he's going to be the lead guy. But what happens behind them? You know, Rashad Penny showed quite a bit. Uh, Mike Davis has been pretty good as well, and we know Seattle wants to run the football. So how are you handicapping the Seattle backfield just for this week for now and then maybe going forward long term? It seems like Seattle, you know, keeps having these blurbs that, you know, Penny's, you know, I don't know, not pay attention in, you know, in the in the the game planning, we, uh, you know, room or whatever when they're doing their prep and stuff like that, and he's not ready and whatever. But, you know, he showed last week he was explosive when given the chance, and, if for, for this week, you have to figure Carson will get his chance. He's got a little hip issue, and if he has a setback, it's probably positive for Penny going forward. And Davis has done enough where he should be in the mix and catch a little bit. For, but I think Penny will – if it was Penny and Davis, they, you know, Penny would be a little more favorable, I think, in the, in the pass-it-gatching game for me, And uh, even though Davis has caught some, and they, they would be in a split. But for this week, Penny is going to be – you know, see middle most chances, and Carson's probably going to be about a two-to-one. Two get two-thirds of the playing time at running back and Davis, the other one-third for me. So, and, and you know, unless some negative news comes out on Carson's hip tomorrow. We saw Corey Davis flash that upside that we've been waiting for last week. It's two good games in a row here for him. Is he primed for a big finish to the season? It was kind of interesting to see him have such a good game when New England's usually pretty good of shutting down, you know, when there's a top option on a team and, Tennessee doesn't have a tight end. They don't really have a second receiver. They don't have a third receiver. They don't, you know, they have Deion Lewis. But, you know, for him to have a big game when, you you know, you knew they would try to take him out, and, you know, it's pretty impressive. You know, the Eagles struggled with him in that other game in week four. You, you like the direction and the talent. You just, you know, and, and Mariota's shown a little bit of flashes, you know, recently. So there's a lot to like 
if they can continue to, you know, move the ball and score points. So, you know, Davis probably, you know, he's going to be a 12-point player going forward, and if he can score a little more, a few more touchdowns, uh, you know, he, he's going to have more impact value. How about Derrick Henry? He's scored in three straight games. Uh, the offense is getting better, as you mentioned. Mariota finally appears to be healthy. He had some nerve damage in his elbow and couldn't feel his fingers earlier in the season. Uh, Henry not getting the volume. Lewis is definitely the RB1 there out touching him. But is it safe to use Henry now, or is he just too reliant on touchdowns? I think he just falls into the bye week cover. I had a Sony Michelle, which I didn't like his matchup this week, and I had Henry and I sat Henry based on the usage the week before, and he ended up being the better play, you know. But they, you know, I didn't expect, you know, the Titans to play from the lead like that. Thought it'd be a little more passing, you know, New England would score. But he's, you know, he's he's kind of a guy that could hit on a long run, and he looks like he's going to get, you know, ten to fifteen touches a game, and he, and if he scores a touchdown, he's going to get, you know, double digit fantasy points. But he, you know, he's not the guy that we thought. We thought he would be the workhorse guy and maybe get twenty twenty five carries carries and get 100 yards and get some you know as the game wears on he would you know be more explosive and that hasn't happened but you know how fantasy goes at the end of the year if you make it to the championship round and Deion Lewis has an injury you know that type of guy could be the difference maker for a team especially if you have a team that you actually are forced to play him because you have an injury and and, and it actually makes your squad you know be you know finishes off the uh, the final spot in your roster. We've seen it numerous times, players that just don't have much fantasy relevance, and all of a sudden come the fantasy playoffs, they're a key part of championship teams, which is why you have to continue to work that waiver wire. What do you think happens this week with the Ravens at quarterback? You know, Harbaugh is not revealing anything. It sounds like, to me, Joe Flacco's not going to play. He didn't practice today. And then it's a matter of, is it Lamar Jackson or Robert Griffin III? There's some reports coming out that it could be RG3. We all, in fantasy, want to see Lamar Jackson because we know what those running quarterbacks can do. Are you going to be looking to add Lamar Jackson if he's available? And what do you think happens in Baltimore at quarterback this week? I did. Probably the waiver wire on 50 teams. I don't. Lamar Jackson wasn't available in any league. So really? I, I added him in three over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of most of them are 20-team leagues, you know, the higher dollar things and, you know, he was probably scooped up when Flacco was hurt or something the week before when they heard something. And, you know, so I looked for him and not that I had a spot. Most of the teams I have Ryan as a lead with somebody or Goff or something. So I don't, most of the teams I don't feel as though I have weakness. Maybe there's a couple of them, you know, that I feel as though I need another quarterback. But, um, but overall, you know, I think that Flacco, if he can play, you know, if he even if he practice, he will. Griffin sounds like they're going to go with him. I don't want it. I think that if they – feel like they're still a play uh, in the hunt for the playoffs, which they should win this game. Um, they would rather not turn, turn to Jackson right now, but, uh, you know, Griffin with a little more experience maybe gives them a little better chance to win. But, you know, if they lose this week and go, you know, another game under 500, it's going to be a long haul, and they, they, they're, they're going to have to make a change. This week we got two of the worst teams with Tampa Bay and the Giants. Does this wind up being a high-scoring game or an ugly, low-scoring affair? Well, um, I would think <laughs> the Giants got to score sooner or later, right? Eli threw three touchdowns. Barkley, you know, it's kind of explosive, kind of a game that maybe he could finally get 100 yards rushing and hit on a long play. Beckham's, you know, he's looking pretty good, just needs a few more touchdowns. And Eli just throws the ball okay when he's got time to throw, but he, his passing window is too short. He doesn't get the ball to his secondary receivers, you know, as, as well as we thought. You know, last week Shepard and Ingram barely were, you know, 
had any chances, uh, but they did pull out the win. And if they would have snuck out of one or two games before, they'd still actually be alive in that division. But I expect them to win. Probably a pretty pretty good chance of scoring thirty something points. And uh, you know, Tampa, you know, you know, you know, will will put up some points. So it, it's probably might be a positive for Giants players in fantasy this week. Is Fitzpatrick still you know a QB one this week uh, against the Giants? I believe he is. Yeah, because Giants seem like they give up too many plays on third down. He'll do some stuff. They don't run the ball that well. And uh, the only thing, fear factor, is if the guy, if he actually throws a couple interceptions early, especially against the Giants. I mean, there is a Winston he could get hooked at any time. Lots more ahead. Talking to Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. We'll be back right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? In the back of yours. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We have our Week 11 projections from Sean Childs up. Week 11 waiver wire Wednesday from Dr. Roto as well as my stock watch. And we have you covered, scoutdfs.com for NFL, NBA, and NHL optimizers, write-ups, everything included to help you dominate here whether it's season-long or DFS. I'm joined by Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com, also a big-time high-stakes player. Uh, Sean, looking at some of the action upcoming here this week, uh, Jacksonville's offense, like, what do you do with this team right now? Uh, We know Leonard Fournette came back and had a lot of yards, only 2.2 yards per carry. Is there any wide receiver worth using in this offense? It seems like Dante Moncrief is the one based on you know, his production, but do you feel confident in any of the Jacksonville receivers right now? No, it's just, it's just, you know, Moncrief hit on a play and D.D. Westbrook seemed like he's the second guy. Cole's kind of out of the mix. I thought Chark would get more in the mix, you know, last week, but he didn't even have a, I think he had two targets, didn't have a catch, which is disappointing. Um, But it's, it's frustrating, you know, that they can't get any consistency out of, you know, especially their secondary wide receivers. So, you know, it's the type of game that, you know, Fournette and uh, you know it's kind of a, a weird. They're struggling this year, and Pittsburgh's playing a lot better. And last year, you know, they went into Pittsburgh and dominated. And Fournette had that big, you know, ninety-yard run and stuff like that, and they took them out. So when you look at the numbers on you know Jacksonville's defense, it's you know they're pretty close on everything except they're not putting enough pressure on the quarterback. You know, they gave up a few touchdowns. Uh, to the tight end the last two weeks, I think five. Um, but, you know, it's the type of game where, you know, Jacksonville's got to put up or shut up this week because they were in the Super Bowl after beating the Patriots in their mind, and <laughs> I don't think they've done very well since. Unbelievable, man, the the way that team has fallen off after that victory over New England. Uh, it's crazy. I think everyone was putting them in that conversation. Uh, they're going to be a big-time contender after what they did last year, and they have just fallen apart and pretty much kind of out of it at this point. I mean, they would basically kind of have to win out, so they're in a – Tough spot right now. 
Carolina. It's a lot of Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey's been unbelievable. Greg Olson using a tight end. But what about the rest of this offense? You know, Devin Funches kind of falling off a little bit lately. People got excited for DJ Moore. He had a big game a couple weeks ago. Is there just not enough for these receivers to be consistent and it's kind of matchup dependent with them right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Funches just hasn't got rolling this year. He's been kind of, you know, people drafted him, I think, as a wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver four, depending on a smaller format. But he hasn't got it going. But you would think with the structure of Funches, Olsen, Moore, and even Samuels been shown that he can make some plays. Uh, that there is enough talent on offense where Carolina can be a little more explosive. But last last week we saw they, they couldn't get uh, Pittsburgh off the field and, uh, you know, on defense, and they they were able to, you know, complete a lot of high-percentage passes, and, uh, you know, Cam couldn't respond to lead the drive. And, you know, but there's enough there, and, and somebody should be emerge at least as a steady, you know, wide receiver too in fantasy. And, you know, I was thinking more would get a chance, but – they kind of used a lot of their wide receivers really close to the line of scrimmage, which is kind of surprising. So not enough uh, big plays downfield. So they, they kind of miss. I thought more would be that more Ted Ginn guy that they had when that year when they scored those low, uh, lot of points about three or four years ago when they were you know made a deep run. If Marvin Jones is out for Detroit this week, we know Kenny Galladay will get a ton of targets. We saw it last week. Who else benefits? Is it is it a guy like Theo Riddick who's had 15 targets over the last two weeks? Does that make you feel better about him? Uh, going into this week, if Marvin Jones is out, that, I think it, Riddick's more predicted on the game score they got behind. Um, you know, it, it's been they've been a frustrating team. They seem like they were going in the right direction, but when they traded Tate away, it just seems like they, you know, the structure to move the ball in the passing game is kind of off. Galladay had some tough matchups, and he he didn't get rolling. He wasn't get targets. Jones was coming on, but. You know, Galladay's talented. He has to get open, but you know when he's when he's the number one receiver and there's not merely many threats around there, they can double him. So Riddick should get catch some catches, but they should just you know get rid of those other running backs and let Carryon Johnson be the main guy there because you know like he scored on the goal line last week. Blunt's doing nothing. Riddick can make some plays, but Johnson looks more explosive. So you're you're just kind of giving up you know a lot of downs for less explosive players. You know and. So right now it's, you know, the Carrion Johnson and Galladay should be the guys, and Stafford's pretty much, I mean, XR in the last two weeks, he's been dropped two or three times <laughs> in the season-long stuff. You know, people don't even want him anymore. Can you blame him? I actually dropped him in a league today. Uh, it's just that offense looks bad. I know he salvaged his day last week with the two touchdowns, but you know, he's barely, at many weeks, he's not a top-12 quarterback at this point. I just feel like there's better options out there. Yeah, that's just the funny thing. You think he's a, not a top twelve quarterback? That's because there's so many touchdowns this year. But he's he's on a pace for you know what, close to forty five hundred yards, and probably could get a chance to still get thirty touchdowns. Probably won't because of the you know the trade and if Jones is hurt. But you know, who'd have thought? You know, a guy that gets scores gets thirty touchdowns and forty five hundred yards. You don't even want him anymore. Well, that's the state of the game today. When you got Mahomes and Trubisky and all these guys, Goff and even Fitzpatrick coming in and putting up numbers. Matt Ryan, who you were very high on before the year, I mean, he's been consistent. So there's just so many options right now. Like, I, I played Mariota over Stafford last week, and it worked out. So, yeah, I just – do you think that the loss of Golden Tate has kind of hurt the offense a lot and maybe told Detroit, hey, we don't believe in you going for this year? Do you think that has been a factor? I, I think that is going to be a factor going forward. I mean, they, they did play the Vikings who, you know – Teed right, off yeah. on Stafford two weeks ago and hit ten sacks. And the Bears have a pretty good defense, and they get a Mac last week, and they 
you know, the game went, you know, they play the next three games at home. They play, you know, Carolina, Chicago, and the Rams, you know, that's so, you know, Stafford's got two touchdowns in seven of his last eight games and three in the second. So I, I don't expect, you know, 300 yards a lot, you know, based on the, you know, the structure of the receivers, but, you know, a couple touchdowns, you know, and 250 yards, he's playable. He's, but he's most likely, you said, like he's most likely your QB two, and hopefully you don't have to start him unless you have, you know, some really, really bad matchup. Like if you had Roethlisberger playing Jacksonville, I mean, do you sit him for Stafford if you had him this week? I, I don't know. That might be a close call, you know, so, but um, I could, I could see, you know, you making the case for Stafford over him, but I mean, I, I, my, my decision probably is Ryan over Roethlisberger, which is a pretty easy. Yeah, decision. that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. For this week it is for other weeks. It's tough, especially when Roethlisberger has the, did you play Roethlisberger last week over Ryan? Yeah, Roethlisberger at home, Ryan at home, and then then you got to decide when they're both on the road. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, that's how, oh yeah, that's right. Ryan, that's right. Get. Ryan was on the road last week against Cleveland. Although the week before he was good, but yeah, I mean Roethlisberger at home, short week, Carolina. Yeah, it made sense there. Uh, how about Josh Reynolds? You know, we've seen two games without Cup, and he played over eighty percent of the snaps. He had one good game where he had two touchdowns. The other game he was quiet. They do run a lot of three wide sets, although we have seen the tight ends involved a little bit more. Do you think Josh Reynolds can be someone that – look, if you can't start Josh Reynolds this week against the Chiefs in a game with an over-under 60 points, I don't know when you will. So is he worth someone that you would consider putting in the lineup this week? Yeah, I would think if you have him, like I said, where you'd probably in that Valdez Scanling, Andrew Miller – Reynolds decision now you know is the game in the matchup you know the Rams going to throw more he showed enough where he's going to be on the field and get the chances to make some plays he scored a couple touchdowns he, you know he's got a thousand yards and 12 TDs in, in in college one season he even scored 13 touchdowns in another season with, with shorter catches so he looks like he can do stuff and he might not have the same skill set as Cup but he is going to be able to get some chances and they and they do like to diversify their passes to the different wide receivers so you know basically he should have a pretty good chance to be in five for 50 guy in a lot of games, you know, with an occasional touchdown. So, you know, maybe Cup was going to be an 18, 20 point player and maybe he's going to settle into being like a 12 point player in the, in the matchup dictates he might have more upside if he could hit on a long player or touchdown. So, um, I tried to get him when I could. Um, not sure how much people respect him or if I had the right money to do it, but, um, you know, he's a player that's, you know, in a high potent offense when a team scores. Five touchdowns a game compared to a team scoring two. He has, you know, those extra chances, and where he, he can get something. Even though Gurley's stealing most of them, but so you know, definitely but, a case you know, for sure. Very interesting player. Yeah, I agree there, especially in that high potent offense. Uh, Eagles running back situation. I mean, it's been a mess this year. Uh, we did see Doug Peterson come out and said that Josh Adams will get more carries going forward, but we haven't really seen him involved in the passing game. And many of us playing PPR formats. Is he worth an ad? Can you start him this week, or do you need to kind of wait and to see the, him actually get more carries and goal line looks? Yeah, when teams rotate those three running backs like that, I just don't think they get the good rhythm on offense, and it's just been kind of frustrating. It looked like Smallwood was kind of going to do it, maybe Clement would do the pass catching, but Smallwood, you, I, I watched a couple of games a couple of weeks ago, and it was past passing downs he was getting blown up in pass protection and he wasn't doing a good job so you can see why they they don't want to use him he can catch a few passes and be there on third down but he's not consistently adams is kind of a bigger guy 
can he catch the ball? I'm not sure. Clement seems like he's, you know, kind of in between. He's a bigger guy, and he's just show, not showing as much explosiveness. But, you know, how do you get that rotation? You know, based on what we saw out of Adams the last couple of weeks, he should be the lead guy. And then he should be the lead guy, and then, you know, Clement, you know, be the situational pass catching back where Clement might get more touches this week if they're chasing. But, you know, Smallwood's the guy that should get weeded out, in my opinion. But, you know, will that happen this week? It might take a couple more games before Adams is really, you can you consider him a start. Someone was asking me, well, not asking me, but it was a question I answered, but they were surprised at your ranking or projection for Ty Montgomery this week. Uh, just kind of talk about your thoughts on him and what you think happens with him in the Baltimore backfield. Well, I got the uh, the email from Mr. Scott Atkins <laughs> uh, probably after after some complaints, you know, from somebody. But, you know, when you're doing – when you're doing – you're looking at the teams, right? And you know that – when I set out the uh, projections, I don't just send out a bunch of numbers. If you want to go look and see, I send you all the rosters and it has all the numbers that fit into the offense that come into things. So you can see where they came from, you know, so that, you know, it's not like, um, you know, saying, Hey, this guy's going to do something. It's based on what they've done this year and what the opponents have given up. And, you know, I have to determine playing time and, and structure. So, you know, my opinion, Javarius Allen is <laughs> Gaining 2.7 yards per rush, so bad. 5.6 yards per catch, 5.6 yards per catch. He only gained 5.4 last year per catch, and he got 46 balls. So he's not explosive. Ty Montgomery has like 15 catches for 170 yards. He's actually looked pretty good in Green Bay's offense. He just, for some reason, he fell out of favor. Even when you know beginning of the year when they were rotating all those backs, that he just never got in the situation. So. He's shown in the past. I mean, two years ago, they were drafting him as a top five round running back as the lead guy. And I don't think Collins has been that explosive on as, I mean, he's, he's failed other than scoring some touchdowns. He's failed to produce what everybody else thought. So I thought that he would get a few more chances on early downs this week. Um, I like that there hasn't been any, any report on it as of Wednesday because we have waiver wire. And so if he happened to get, you know, slip in the league, I would like to pick him up. So what I see is that he's going to get, the, you know, the catches, maybe five catches a game, four or five catches, you know, depending on game score. This game's probably a little more favorable to play from the lead. But, you know, and, and he might even get the chance at the goal line because they keep hooking. When they get to the one-yard line, they kept bringing Allen in. So they could still do that. I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I can't determine that kind of calls right now. I, I more of you know, but I think he's going to be productive, and he's a sneaky guy. And I will back down on the uh, projections if there's a report that he's, you know, at the end of the week they're going to, you know, stick with the same rotation or something like that. But I expect, you know, Baltimore to say that Montgomery is going to be more active this week and he's going to be a part of their game plan. So uh, I'm being proactive in, in producing what I think should happen, and, and I'll take her back, you know, when I do the second update, you know, after the Friday, all the news that carry. But it is an interesting guy because, you know, when he stands out at his points per thousand for the daily games, he's six because he's thirty one hundred DraftKings. You're like, well, that's a pretty good play at thirty one hundred, but you know, we'll see. You know. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what they do because, as you mentioned, and you put out the numbers, Buck Allen has just not been good, and they keep feeding him the ball, and it's like, what are you doing? So we'll see if they do, especially with the bye week there, if they put Montgomery in the offense, and he is out there in a lot of leagues. There's actually a league I was looking at him. But I really need a wide receiver because I lost Cooper Cup and I have a couple other guys on by, and I'm actually okay at running back. And the problem is there's just not a lot of receivers out there that I like. Uh, there's one. I don't want to mention them in case someone's listening. But uh, 
that's the, that's the issue. But yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you know the the waivers runs in an hour. Someone could be listening. They probably know who I need anyway. <laughs> I, I I try not to. Wait, put, is Doc uh, in you, the same league? What? Is Doc? Is no, Doc no, in the no, same no. league is, with you? Is he this is not a <laughs> this, this is not a league with Doc, and uh, so no, nah, it's not him. Uh, he won't listen it's anyway. Not, it's not that. It's not the twelve-team league that we're doing that where the only DFS guys quit and there's only four of us playing. Oh no, no, <laughs> and your your team's really good in that. My team is is struggling a little bit. It's okay. I mean, the power rankings have me like fourth. I've just kind of had some bad luck, but yeah, that that league it's like you know four of us playing or five, whatever. Uh, how about Tyler Boyd? I think a lot of people were very high on Tyler Boyd last week, thinking, all right, no AJ Green. I didn't play him in DFS because I was a little concerned that the offense would struggle without A.J. Green. And, man, it was bad against the Saints. But going forward with no A.J. Green, you got to think that Tyler Boyd's still going to get uh, heavy volume and he's okay to use, or was last week a sign of things to come? Yeah, it just was It was strange to see him really come up short in a game that they really should have you know, done a little bit better. But, um, yeah, he didn't. He only had four targets. They probably doubled him. No Green didn't hurt him. I even saw a report earlier today that Green might play this week, and I was like, I where'd that come from? Martin I thought he was Lewis. out. I think Marvin Lewis was saying that just because Harbaugh won't reveal his quarterback. That's my guess. I hope, yeah. I, I pray A.J. Green is back, but from all the reports, it sounds like he's not playing. Yeah, well, you, I have Green on a couple teams. I'd rather have him not play for a couple more weeks and just get to the championship rounds. And That's then true. You know what? On the field. You're right, because one of the teams I have him, I'm 9-1, and one, and the other one I'm 13-7 and because we do doubleheaders. You know what? I take that back. You're right. Sit out. <laughs> but, yeah, so what, about Boyd, what about Boyd going forward? Yeah, he plays in the slot so a lot, so he's gonna should get favorable matchups, and he should. I mean, they don't have anybody else to throw to. I mean, this is this probably isn't a great matchup. I mean, the Ravens need to win bad. So, but I mean, he should get five for fifty, five for sixty, and you know, if they they play a little bit or offensively, he should get more chances. But just no green. You know, they they don't move the ball up and down the field a lot. You know, so. It's just you know. It just, sometimes you just need that follow through of chances on the on the drives, and you know, right now that they, they look like they're going to struggle. Um, their defense is a mess. They can't get any offenses off the field, so it's it, it's going to be uh, tough for you know him to have as many impact games as he did early in the year. But he he did you know help some teams. But maybe when he gets back, you know, when uh, they play Cleveland in week twelve and you know, Oakland in week uh, fifteen or sixteen, so you know that's some pretty good matches so he will he will shine later on but be a little more frustrating than he was you know the direction he was going that is sean childs you can find him scoutfantasysports.com the projections are up sean thanks a lot for the time and good luck this weekend all right we'll talk all right you can check me out scoutfantasysports.com again the week 11 stock watch is up the projections the week 11 waiver wire wednesday from dr Otto as well as we have you covered at scoutdfs.com, NBA, NFL, NHL. Enter the promo code RONA70. They get you 70% off your first month. I'll be back Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.